Hatihei Mauriora, Inga Mana, Inga Rio, Ero Rangatirama. Kia ora and welcome to Māori Initiatives Podcast Show, Tamangai the Mouthpiece, in association with podcast.nz. Thanks for joining us. As each week, our guests share a part of their life's journey to Te Iratangata, improve quality of life. Tonight, Denny, we're, yeah, maybe kick off, uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh, my father is Dennis Hansen, mm. and uh, dad uh, is a, a Latimer from the far, far north of Kaitaia. Uh, also with the heater, and my mum, she comes from Kaikwe, and mum is a Pikari, oh. and uh, they both grew yeah. up there in the far north, um, and moved in that rural urban drift down here to Auckland where the work was, and um, they met up down here in the Māori community. When was that oh. urban drift? Oh, you're talking the 50s. Yeah, interesting, eh? Our nanny... Um Brought us out of Tokomaru Bay, mm. yeah, late thirties. So uh, similar timing, eh? Yeah. Mm. Okay. And uh, consequently, we grew up. Um, they were looking for a place to live, and they chose West Auckland. In uh, Teratu is where we grew up. Beautiful place. Beautiful people. How come all these hard case stories from Teatatu, eh? It's a little peninsula. You, you drive and you miss it. <laughs> you get all of these. I think each speaker, each week we've had on the show, has had some connection to Teatatu. It's quite quite amazing. I do not know. It's, it's, it's an amazing, for me, it's an amazing place. Uh, the people uh, who moved there, uh, how we were all related before we even got there. Uh, we we grew up, you know, it's growing up, in, we were born in the same ward, same hospital, National Women's, there was only one hospital maternity then. Mm-hmm. And then you move out west and you grow up uh, in the premise together, you go to the uh, intermediate school, you go to the high school together, you know, and that real brotherhood and that real friendship, it was birthed way back from, right from when we came into the world initially. And um, what happened was with the west is just that whānau, whakawhanaunga tanga. And, and we didn't realize that a lot of us were actually related because of coming from the north until mm-hmm. later on in life, until we were now the 40s even, that we realized the writers, oh, who are you? where are you from up, up home? And then we started connecting. Mm. So I think that's why. I think that that's why it's a special place for me. Okay. Hey, you wouldn't, did you know old Sam Waitio, the old oh, reverend? Yes. Yeah, because he had a huge influence on. Uh, for me and Greg from Teatro too. Absolutely. Uh, Uncle, been... Uncle Sam was there with us oh. all the way through with the Kapahaka group at Rutherford, which we, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he used began. to have that Fai uh, Kōrero, uh, Calvary Tamonga. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the Lamb Tawa. <laughs> and everyone used to go, whoa. <laughs> he was constant, Uncle Sam. Yeah, no, no. Because I know Michelle and, yeah. and uh, Absolutely. Yes, and so, so we had all these influences around our life, um, right from our grandparents through to uh, the teachers at our schools who were praying for us. As, we didn't know this until later on in life. Oh, Mr. Okay. Golding, Mr. Matthews, all these teachers who are Christians, born again, spirit-filled, oh. praying for us all the way through our life. So right from babies, from our nanas laying their hands on us, teaching us about the Lord, right through our school life, we had God or God around us, God with us, oh. prayer for us, continual karakia, all the way through. Um, and it had a major influence, especially in the 70s in uh, Te Aratu, because in the 70s there was a revival. 
and a lot of the hard shots of the characters of Teretu were starting to come to the Lord. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know if people know about a Barry Smith as one of probably oh, yeah. the greatest evangelists, yeah. one of the greatest that the country's ever had. Yeah. Um, and he was the pa- pastor there. He was the end times preacher. Right? End times, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> he actually got that revelation in Roberts Road in Teretu. People right. don't know this. On the edge of his bed at Roberts Road. Roberts Road. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of the people, a lot of the youth were, were started to hear a lot happening at the Congregational Church in Teretu. So they started to turn up and started to arrive and then the music they had the music ministry and the youth took off with that music ministry and so consequently um, we had God all through you know our nannies would not they would not teach us religion nanny, my nanny Jessie she would say son read the Bible so I'd read mm. the Bible as a little boy you know read the Bible so read. what do you think God's saying so she let me tell her what the Lord's saying. So in other words, there was a one-on-one relationship with God that she just nurtured Far as right. my nanny. And all the way through, she just, I'd just say, oh, but there's a story about King David and he's fighting this big giant, man, but he won. <laughs> he won, nanny. But he was a small person, you know, and you can relate as a kid because oh, yeah. you were the small person. And um, so my nanny taught, taught me and my other nanny Minnie and were, were praying for us, you know, and our aunties and uncles were in the Lord too, praying for us as children. So God sort of features fairly prominently Very. there in your whanau. Very. Uh, did that come out of that 70s? That, um, well, this was, all the, way th- was, this was all the way through. This was before the 70s. So there's actually a, a building. So from the north, really? Yeah, well, definitely from came the north. Down from the north. Absolutely. They already had some connection. To yes. And they, they, would have, they would have either been in the north or come down from the north and found the Lord here. Um, mm. But the way I loved the, the being taught about the relationship with God, we were not indoctrinated. We weren't, it wasn't about religion. It was about a one-on-one relationship with the Lord, you and him. Let him take you. Let him teach you. Mm. Let him show you. Let him court it all with you. Right from the word go, all the way through our lives. So then there was this direction towards the Lord that in the 70s when revival happened, in 73, that I went along to the church because Mark Wong and Mark and Gilbert were all coming to the Lord. And How old were you then? 13. 13. So we're all in our, yeah, we're all in our, our teens. Yeah, yeah. So I went along to the church, you know, and I didn't have a problem knowing God. I knew him. Mm. It was about committing my life to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, okay. And when, when Uncle Barry said, uh, those that want to give their hearts to the Lord come up to the front, I thought, that's me. Because it, as, as, around, I think it was about 67, when Billy Graham came down to Western Springs, and my nanny took me along when I was a little boy to Billy Graham. And then just, she said to me... Oh, you went to Billy Graham? Yeah, when I was a little... Really? About seven, seven years old. So that's uh, 60s, not yes. early 60s, because eh? he came in the 50s and came back in the 60s. Yeah, and so my nanny took me along to oh, Billy Graham. Wow. And then she said to me, when he gave the appeal to want to, to receive the Lord, and I didn't really know, I'm, a, I'm a, only a young kid boy, and do you want to go up the front, son? She just, you know, my will. I said, yeah, I do, now. I do. So she watched me go up the front. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I did, but I just went up the front. The Lord was watching me. And uh, I don't know what happened, but I just went up the front. And uh, then I came back, and Nanny took me home and that. But it wasn't until 73 that this time, that I, you know, being a bit older, I knew. Uh, when Uncle Barry said, those that want to ask the Lord into their heart, I knew. 
mm-hmm. that I, I wanted Christ in my heart. I knew about him, but he was out, he was out, out here. I knew about God, I knew about his son, but he wasn't in me, in my heart. Oh, okay. So I went up to the front. I remember distinctly, I went up to the front, I asked Christ, and the moment I asked Jesus, I repented of my sin. I repented of every wrong I had done. asked him to cleanse me. And then I, I didn't have a problem saying, I believe in Jesus. I always believed in him. And then when I opened, I said, I now open up my heart and ask you to come into my heart. Something happened. Something incredible because I was overwhelmed with his presence. Wow. And so well, hang on, hang on, hang on. So presence? You were overwhelmed by presence. So yes. maybe for our listeners at home, can you kind of, what's, what's that presence? Is it, that- it's very hard to explain. Why you do a tapu, eh? Yeah, it's very, it's, it's like knowing that something has happened that's, that is real. This is real. And he, I have asked him into my heart, and it was his presence. Like I felt he was there. He was present because he was present all my life. He was there right from birth, okay. all the way through. But now I was asking him into my heart for us to be te tanga. To become one. Mm. Now, that's the kōwai runga, the kōwai raro, <laughs> on the rugby field. I didn't hear that reputation. <laughs> uh, was it Rutherford? Yes, yes. Uh, what, is it? Better, what did Michael Jones say? Better to give than to receive. <laughs> that's what we were like well, to. Well, we all want to know, mate, what position did you play in? <laughs> I played prop. Uh, right through first 15 and uh, first 15 and then um, and my dad he coached our team uh, back at Rutherford and uh, we were unbeaten because my father was so um, he was an incredible coach but he believed in fitness he didn't he said doesn't matter how big a bigger person is it's your fitness your passion and I'll teach you you know upskill I'll teach you to skill up yeah, actually, I went into Waipareira uh, in the last week uh, to actually uh, caught up with your sister, Roy Mata, there at the reception. Yes. And yes. saw the memorial of war behind there in the reception there. So for our listeners, if you're in Waipareira, uh, have a look up to the reception counter, have mm. a look on the back wall, and there's a memorial to uh, Denny's dad, Dennis mm. Hansen. And uh, actually, sorry, bro, I just need to ask. He's got a gold medal around his neck in one of the photos I saw on Friday. And uh, can, what, what's that? Was that the QSM? The oh, Service Medal. What's that? Uh, that was QSM. A, QSM. That was, uh, he was given, given that in recognition of his work in the community. Oh. And the Queen's Service Medal, it's called. Oh, that's the Queen's Service Medal. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And we all were there to talk with Dad when he received it Amazing. at the Governor House. How come he got that? It's, it's community work. Oh, absolutely. Dad's. Yeah, because actually he had a part in Waipareira, eh? Yes, a huge part. I was I was with that at the beginning with Waipareira. I used to go to the meetings. They took me along when they started, and they, back then it was in their homes. They didn't have offices. It was just their homes. They had cup of teas, lots of laughter, it's lots not of like ribbing. that now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a they were incredible. Auntie Mavis Tudor, Uncle George, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Tuck, Auntie Leslie, you know, Auntie Twini Hakaraya, Uncle Don Ramaka. These are the ones that, and and the rest, you know, um, that they began. They had a heart for their community, their community, and whoever was in the community is Fano. 
So they wanted to help the community uh, any way they could so they could prosper. So is that how Waipareta actually came out of that? Yes. That aspiration? Yes, right. definitely. And I home, suppose home, home. you had uh, Johnny Waititi or Honey Waititi Marae mm. uh, down just around the corner, eh? That's right. Right, okay. Absolutely. Danny, can I just ask, um, just going back to your conversation mm. around, um, you know, your your nana or grandma or whatever, you know, yeah. talking to you about the word and asking you to, you know, give your insight on that. So many of the people listening won't have that in their background. They won't have that religious upbringing or that that connection to scripture. And, of course, at the moment we're seeing, you know, just a huge rise of youth suicide and so on and so forth. And uh, for people who are listening who, who may not be religious or understand you know, that connection, mm. you know, why is it important from your perspective that, um, you know, that, that our people get a hold of, of what you're talking about to some degree for even for their young people? Because people that don't have something to stand on, they have a platform or a foundation, then that's where they end up with despair and hopelessness and so on. And, you know, no, no amount of money or government is going to fix that, right? So how do you see that playing out from your perspective and, and, and the type of upbringing you know, you you obviously consider life to be very important, but you understand what life's about, and you've had that teaching from a young age. But for people that don't receive that, you know, what what message would you give them from from you know not just religion, because religion we know does nothing for people. Um, it's all about relationships. So, just interested to get your take on that. God is the hope, hope and glory. The Lord, everything comes from the Lord. And when we, when we come back to him, if people can understand what it is, why, why do we receive the Lord Jesus into our hearts? It's to reconnect us back to our Father. Now, when we're reconnected back to our Father, the purpose of life is given to us. When you have the purpose of life, the purpose of life is to be with the Lord. That's the purpose of life. And that was answered that question was answered when I sat in Waikamiti Cemetery. When I wasn't, I was without God at that time. This was when I got back from my world trip. This was after the Lord called me home from Oxford. I was on a train going up to Oxford. I was the party hardy man of the world. That's how I lived. I lived off my guitar party. And then the Lord came to me, his voice, and he said one word, home. And that or, the, the audible voice of God was who I heard. I heard him. And it had so much authority in it, he changed my whole destiny with that one word. So I came home, not knowing that my nanny Jessie, who taught me the Bible all my life, I got back in 1986 from my world trip. I hitched around the world, started off in Hawaii, and I went around the world for five years. And then God called me home in '86. November, not to know that my nanny was going to be diagnosed with cancer in January of 87. So he brought me home because he knew how much I loved her and how much she loved me so that I could have time with her before he took her in September of 87. When he took her, I got lost. I got into despair. I didn't know where I was at. I didn't know who I was really. I thought I'd gone around the world. I thought I'd gone around this world. I've accomplished my dreams and my aspirations. Why do I still feel unfulfilled? Why do I still feel empty? 
and it was answered when I was in Waikumiti Cemetery. I sat there, and that's what the song is about. If you listen to the words of that song, that song is my testimony. The song is about this journey. I sat there, and I looked around, and I tried to take all these. I looked at all these tombstones, and I thought, you know, each one represents a person with loves, with, you know, likes, with whānau, had a, who had a, had a life. And I thought, where have they gone? And what is this world we're in? And all these questions flooded my, flooded, I just had these thoughts, and I just, one after another, I had all these thoughts, and all of a sudden, I tried to take the universe, and I looked up to the, to the, to the sky, and I went like this. One-on-one doesn't equal two here. This 60 or 70 years of life doesn't equal the fascination of the universe. There's got to be more. And so in my mind, I went like this. What's the purpose of life? The question that so many of us want to find the answer to. And instantly, whether he was an angel or a man, I don't know to this day, this person turned up from my right-hand side. He stood in front of me, and he said this, God told me to tell you it is his, it is his son, it is him, and it is his son, Jesus Christ, and through Jesus, you can have the Father. So I thought, all I could say was, what church do you go to? What church? He said, no, no. He says, no, it's not about religion. Get into your relationship with God. And he left. And it was so eerie, I was too, to watch him go. He just left on my right-hand side. So what happened was, I found the purpose of life. The purpose of life is God, to have God. It was a he, God answered that for me. How do I get to God? The only way to, through to our Father, as Jesus says, you, the only way to my, the Father is through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So mm. that started me thinking where do I go? Because my life was going in a downward spiral. I can, I can to some extent, under, uh, understand some of that depression, some of that emptiness. And we're looking and looking, at, and the problem is we're looking in all the wrong places, and we never find that fulfillment because we're looking in the wrong place. So therefore, about, uh, say, a few weeks later, my Auntie Caroline, who was with the Lord, I felt compelled to go and see her because I just wanted to have some kind of God. I just needed God, but I didn't know. But I did. it was so an amazing time. So I went and saw Auntie Caroline, and she said to me, I was asking her so many questions. And in the end, she said, she said, here, here's a tape. Go and watch that tape. So I took the tape home. I was staying with Mark and Barbara at the time, and I put the tape on. I said, Mark, Barbara, i got a tape. And they said, oh, yeah. And as soon as Barry Smith came on, Mark and Barbara went, that's Uncle Barry. And I said, who's Uncle Barry? He said, Mark said, well, when you were at the Congregational Church in Tattitude, <coughs> he was the pastor, but you left after only two weeks. See, two weeks I was at church, and then I just left. I went back into the world. He said, well, he was our pastor. So I listened to him with skepticism, as you do. <laughs> it's funny, us human beings, we're so skeptical on the right things, but that's okay. Came to buy. Come, come, come. Because it starts you searching. <coughs> starts you asking questions. So I was asking questions. And then... I thought, this guy here, I like him. There's something about him I like because he's talking about whānau, he's talking about relationships. Two weeks after, what happened? There was a tape given to me. Who was it on? Barry Smith. Two weeks later, who was coming to Glendine? Barry Smith. So I went along to the church 
and this time I wanted to listen. I, I, I still felt this unfulfillment. I felt lost. I didn't really know where I was going, what my direction was, but somehow there was this calling, this pull towards, towards the Lord. So I went along, listened to him about the end times. And at the end, he said this, those that want the Lord, come. If you want to receive Christ into your heart, come. And I went straight up, no way, I don't need him. No way. Straight away, my defense went up. And so Uncle Barry saw Mark and Barbara, and we all call him Uncle Barry because he's just that's what he's like to all of us, a real awesome uncle. So he saw Mark and Barbara, and the audience came down. And he says, Mark and Barbara, how are you? Are you Christians? And they kind of looked up at the sky like this. He said, <laughs> you come with us for dinner. So we went uh, for lunch. So we went back to Michael Jones' mum's home, Auntie, uh, home Mona, Mona, huh? the Auntie Maynard Jones in mm-hmm. Glen Eden. That's right. Yeah. And so we went back, had lunch, was lovely, until the Jamie Warren Karen sat next to me. He said, how are you going? Dear? So, yeah, good. And the funny thing with God, he's got a good sense of humor. I was working at the time with... Uh, a Maori organization called Quest Rapuara. And what that means is quest to find the path. Here I am looking, and that's (laughs) the job I'm in. And next thing, Jamie Wern said, yeah, no, no, that's good. Well, you're working and working with the youth, but what are you doing about your life? And I went, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, see you later. So I just said, Mark, I'm going to go home because it got too much for me. So I went home. I don't know why I had got a shower, got new clean clothes on, and I went back to the church. And I, I know God was doing this because I didn't want to. I, I took off. So why am I going back? Evening service, was, I knew it was 6 o'clock, so I went back to the church. I walked into the church. Seth Barrett was sitting there with his Bible on the, on the chair. <laughs> I was sitting there, and Seth Barrett was there, and he, I said, can I, sit on the, can I sit there? He said, no, sit there. So... I sat there, and right in front of me was my Auntie Carolyn, who originally gave me the tape. Mm, wow. So I, I got the tape. Uh, I, I said to Auntie, Kia ora, Auntie, how are you? And I thought, something's happening here. And this time I knew where it was going. And then when he said, those that want to receive the Lord, you come down to the front, I'll lead you to the cross. The fight was on. Part of me was saying, no, I don't need that. Nah, I don't need you. And then the other part was saying, no, you need the Lord. So when is this? This was 1991, 3rd of February. Out west? Out west. Right from where it all began. He brought me home. Okay. So I went, nah, nah, I don't need you. The other part was saying, no, you need him. You want him. <laughs> this part was saying, no, you don't. This part was saying, and it, a bit it, of a battle going on. A eh? massive fight. So in mm. the end, what I did was, the only thing I could do was bow my head. And I bowed my head. I said, Father, I'm not strong enough to come to you. I pray for a sign. And as I raised my head, Barry was on the stage. And he came around and his eyes just went straight into my eyes. He just held that gaze like that. And all I felt was a steel pull through Barry to God. And he was saying, now, son. When I went up, I, I went up, I repented, and I made that prayer personal. That prayer to ask Christ into my heart. I repented of. I didn't. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I'd done wrong. Everyone, you know. I just. I just knew. <laughs> so it was easy for me to say, "I'm sorry of every wrong I've done. Please wash me clean. I believe in your son. I always have. Wow. Always have. And now I ask you into my heart. Yeah. So to come back to the question, the moment I asked Christ into my heart, Rangi <gasps> Maria. 
peace came into my soul. The problem today is that we have not got the peace. So people are trying to fill it with everything other, drugs, whatever it may be, yeah, the, way we, right. the way we did. Try yeah. to fill the void. Yeah. That special void, that special part in, a, in us human beings is special. Yeah. It's tapu. Yeah, yeah. Tapu is so sacred. It's, that's what it means. Tapu yeah. is sacred. So therefore, what, what that place is for is for God. Mm. Every human being has the capacity to have Christ in them. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Yeah, Revelation 3.20. And straight away, when the peace came, the peaceful peace came, I knew I was home. The thing about this life is we are disconnected. That's well, the problem. Well, one of the things I heard yesterday was out west, our, uh, our tamariki at the moment, there's this thing called chop, where you take tobacco and you take marijuana, you put it together, and you chop and put it together, and they're all getting addicted on it because it's a cheap, cheap way because they can't afford to get the real stuff so now we're into mixing up that rubbish as an alternative and you can see them out on the streets so we see even the ones coming into our home uh man i'll tell you i i like your vision of it much better i'd rather chop out all that rubbish but you gotta you gotta ask yourself you gotta ask yourself see when they're doing that when we were doing that when we were doing that that's the symptom what's the Mm. cause What's the root cause? Why are we looking for this high or trying to get out of it or trying everything we can to numb this pain that's in our heart? Well, what's that about? It's because we're, dis- we're disconnected from God. God has placed, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's placed eternity in our soul. Mm. Therefore, our soul knows there is eternity, eternal Therefore, if we know that they're deep in here in our hearts, that we know that there's eternity, then we're going to feel out of place, disconnected, until we ask Christ into our life to connect us to the eternity. And once we're connected, we now know what? We now know where we came from. We now know who we are, the children of God. And where are we going? Home. With our Father. We're going home. We're on our way home. This place here, Earth, we're just passing through. So that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because, you know, some of our listeners are hearing, going, oh, here we go again. The Bible bash has turned up. And, uh, you know, hang on. Before you reach for the off switch, let me bring this back into our cultural perspective. So when we come onto our marae, Denny, and we stand on something called the Tūranga Waiwai, so that, to me, represents a trans-dimensional space between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. And it's so tapu, we have to have a karanga with our fire to clear the spirit, our ancestors out, so we, our men can come on. So, mm. I mean, before, you know, you, you're just really, what I'm hearing is, is really just filling in some of, the, some of the spaces, really. Because actually, for us as Māori, this is totally natural. We're doing this every time we go on to a marae. 
We're standing on this Tūranga Waiwai between what? A spiritual realm and a physical realm. And it's so tapu we have to have a restriction on us to make sure we get it right. Mm. And then we go, where do we go? From Tūmatauinga into Rongo. Well, hello, peace. Mm. I don't know about you, but it kind of aligns. It's... <laughs> So, sorry, just in case you were going to hit the off button there. <laughs> just sort of bringing it back to our local marae. And, you know, same for us. Te Aruuru is on Tokomaru. That's how it is. It's the kawa of our house. We have mm. to come through, acknowledge that spiritual realm and the physical realm. Well, if we, So what I'm hearing you talk about, well, you just like an additive. Jesus is like this additive to complete it. Mm. Eh? Yes. I don't know. I mean, he, 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 he didn't come to abolish. He came to complete he completes us. And the thing that, if you look at the way the tabernacle is with Moses, the tapu of coming into God's presence, so tapu that you had to clean, you had to go through certain uh, certain protocol before you could even enter in to the Holy of Holies, which was this tabernacle they raised in the wilderness. They used tents, and they skinned, uh, goat skins, etc., uh, to build it. And it was just a, it was a meeting place. A meeting place between God and man. Oh, bro, that's getting a little bit close. <laughs> hey, <Ooh. laughs> I, lo- I love it. And what I love about God hey, hey. was he spoke loudly so that all yeah. the Hebrew could hear his voice so he could strengthen their faith. All the way through, he's revealing himself to each and every one of us. Why? Because he loves us. That's the, as basic as it is. Jenny, would it be fair to also say that um, the gentleman you mentioned, I think he's passed away now, isn't he? Barry Smith. Smith. Barry. Yes, yes. See, yeah, and that's time. that's part of the conversation is the fact that it, when things, um, you know, often we grow up and there's a lot of religion around us, and when those things pass away or, you know, we all grew up with Billy T. James and then he's gone and... And, uh, you know, who comes and replaces these great people? Well, sometimes nobody. And that's where relationship is quite different from religion because if somebody's planted a seed in your life that's sprouted and, and has life, then they no longer have to be around for that to sustain. And I think that's part of the conversation for our young people today, you know, when they're contemplating, you know, poor decisions because there's poor role models is that, you know, even if you find an opportunity to break out of that situation, you have to do that for your own sake. You have to make that decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. And what Denny shared with us tonight, you know, is completely um, true in that instance that his life is no longer dependent on the things that it started being dependent on or that, as Denny puts it, God used to start a journey. But uh, it sustains itself because it's, it's a personal decision and that's what keeps you healthy. Is what I'm hearing, Danny. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Sounds yeah. flash, mate. Yeah, sounds flash, eh? But, but that's. But we're looking for hope at the moment for our young people, for for mums and dads who you know not earning over fifty thousand a year and the bills are seventy. I mean, there's not a lot of hope out there in this this country at the moment because of whatever decisions have been made. And we're looking in this program to provide messages of hope as much as informing people of of, of a better way to go about things. To yes. get better outcomes, um, but that's what I'm hearing also is the fact that you know your 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 decisions today are no longer based on or dependent on other parties. No, totally dependent yeah. on totally dependent on my father, my father in heaven, who we have quoted all with, 
who we believe in, who talks back to us, who shares his love with us, a father that cares about us, a father that guides us, a father that teaches us, a father that wants the best for you. That's who we serve. Kia ora, bro. Now, again, let's bring it back to the papa because we know from Napui we've got uh, Kupe. Sorry, yeah, just dipping in here a little bit. And uh, Kupe brings down some some knowledge. We kind of learn in there some the beginnings about God. Mm. So, again, you're just really taking those things that are in the Napui and all our whakapapa mm. and just acknowledging it as as a as a friend as mm. opposed to some sickly dude suffering from some what looks like aids on a cross you know parky i follow which i frankly can't relate to but listening to you tonight it's it's like you it's like you sit next to you on the couch bro yes that's but what, it's extending from your whakapapa yes definitely as your ngapu yeah yes it comes because as the story goes they came with their high priest down here to, to Aotearoa. Right. They had the bones of their high chief on the waka. Natuki Matafaurua. They brought him down to lift the tapu of this land. So. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Just for our listeners, did, <laughs> a bit of a pause for effect here. Mm. What brought down bones from, from Hawaii to lift the tapu off the whenua? So that what the your Ngāpui descendants could live on the Fenua, and possibly that tapu was that for all Aotearoa, perhaps was it? Yes. Wow. Well, well for Ooh. us, we, for us, it was to lift the tapu off the land, mm-hmm. Aotearoa, the land that they found, that Kupe found, uh, who we, uh, from my mother's line, we we papa directly to Kupe. So, for us. Listening around about the 900s, 930 AD, after Christ, we're talking about our, our descendants, our, our ancestors, our ancestors coming down with a relationship with God because the Hawaiians only had one God. They never had a deity, they never had demigods, they had one God whom they worshipped. And they brought that relationship down here to Aotearoa. Io matua kuri. Yes, I. Okay. Kia so they taught us, and when you look at how they were with him, how when they planted anything, when they fished with anything they did, they would ask for his blessing. They would, and they would whisper his name in the forest because he was so tapu. God was so tapu. Where did they get that from? Where did they have that knowledge from? And God would have been nurturing that relationship. God is God. God can come. God can speak. God can do anything he wants to do. Yes, yeah, so we're talking pre-religion. Pre, it's pre-religion. It's pre-religion. Pre-colonial. Because pre, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, here we are talking about today in 2017. What are we talking about? We're talking about a relationship with our Father. Now, what does that mean? Because he's not, he's not a myth. He's not a, a character that we've made up or imaginary. He is real. How do we know he is real? Listen to my corridor right from the word go. Out of the sky came the audible voice of God. 
That's how I know God's real. So what happens now? I build, I build on that knowledge that my Father is real, that God is real. He has shown us time and time again through the Scriptures how real He is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Here's our hope. And the evidence of things not seen. So there's mm. evidence of things not So there's evidence. So all the way through the Scriptures, God's showing that over here Isaiah will prophesy that 170 years later, a king, Cyrus, is going to come. He's prophesying that. What happens in history? In walks King Cyrus. He steps into history. He is born as Cyrus, who has to become a king. What else has to happen in history? The Israelites have to be in captivity in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. So now the Israelites, in geography-wise, they've got to be up there in captivity in and King Cyrus has to be king to go up there and set them free in order for Isaiah's prophecy to come true. So all the way through, God has proven himself. God has shown himself how real he is. If we would just seek him with all of our heart, he promises this from his word. He said this, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. That's Puno. That's a promise. So what does that mean, everybody, that we love out there? What does that mean? It means this, that if you search for him with all of your heart, you're going to find him. And, you know, that's old Sam Waiti on over 50 years on every pie pie. Yes. <laughs> and old yes. Matua Gray, 60, 70 years. Yes. Uh, with Muru Muru Thompson, Muru Thompson. Bob uh, Kingy. Bob Kingy, Norm Tafio. Um, oh, all of those, hey, that's they dedicated the, everything to that. Yes. And, uh, no, good. So so good. Well, if we're talking about a relationship with God and our court, we're having court order with the Lord in 2017, then they're also having court order with God back in 900, 930. Because why? The relationship is exactly the same. If you want God, you have him. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So they're having relationship with the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, someone said the Tahuhu his, is commonly held as a spiritual domain of Atua, which then comes down through the heke on the core whaiwhai is the creation that comes out of that spiritual domain. <laughs> it just happens to come down. That creation then sits on the heads of our tupuna. <laughs> we didn't even need a Bible, mate. We had it all sorted. Had it figured out. <laughs> oh, killed it. No, good. Dip. Oh, wow. That's that's quite a journey, eh? That's quite a um, quite an insight. Um, are we learning anything? <laughs> you know, in terms of where we are now. Uh, I'm, you know, there's a lot. You just walk out here on the street, and there's all our whānau from all the tribes living on that street and I'm not talking in a home mm. right out here K Road down Queen Street you can't even get a place to sit they're all sleeping every night there mm. even in this building I heard down in the basement they, they find our, our Māori whānau whanaunga sleeping under the basement of this building Denny. Mm. so you bring a you bring a good message uh, be good to see some translation and bring some of that hope to our whānau right now, you know, like housing. We just don't have enough housing. Yeah. 
Well, look, we've got two minutes left, Denny. What would you... Uh, I mean, uh, I'll say this. This is what I feel on my heart. Is that we turn our heart to the Lord. He said to us to trust him with all of our heart, lean not on our own understanding, acknowledge him in all of his ways, and he will straighten our path. So for everybody that is hurting, for everybody that is sleeping rough, for everybody that is homeless, the first court thing we've got to change is our corridor. We're not homeless when we have God. Mm, okay. The cool. first thing we have to say is this, when Christ comes into our life, we're home. Because he says, I am in you, and you are in me. I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't say. We have our place already been prepared. For the physical now, right now, if we could come together in Wananga and corridor, lifting the needs of the people to the Lord first and foremost, and we work together, we should not have homeless if we could come together and work together. My father said this. He said this. If you would all do your part. He said this on the stage of his birthday. If you will all do your part. We wouldn't have to do so much. So the real aroha corridor. Is that we work together. So that people are not homeless. And let's share that amongst each other for each other because that's what God wants us to do he's here to love one another so we can we can pull sure. together on that oh good good message there mm. uh, Denny actually I, just to honour your dad uh, when I was up in Hawaii I discovered the, the Hawaiians up until meeting your father in the 80s did not hungi yet it was a natural part of their Hawaiian culture which they had mm. mis temporarily misplaced yeah. Until they ran into your your father up there, and and now everywhere you go in Hawaii, the indigenous hongi as a greeting directly because of your father going up there and teaching them the tihe Māori order and the essence of the cosmos shared <laughs> as we mix our as we mix our ear our ear together in the mm. hongi and. Uh, Oh, it's a beautiful thing. So just again, putting legs on this message here tonight is here is a whānau, the Hanson whānau, uh, bringing influence on the global stage, not just talking like in the four walls of a cathedral, but in the muddy and the gritty and taking that to Amen. a plate. Beautiful. Our cousins are Hawaiians, giving them the hungi, which is now part of their national greeting. So for our listeners tonight, just uh, just to add to honour your your Whaikorero here really tonight mm. is that uh, the handsome fine who put legs on this stuff because we hear a lot of chapping lips, you know, a lot about yeah yeah, the Bible bash, but actually in your whanau, uh just to honour you, Denny and your dad is that oh, I've seen it with my own eyes when I go up there straight mm. off the plane the hongi, Dennis yes. Hanson. So just to our listeners tonight, just to sort of seal that off a little bit there, yeah. bro. And, uh, yeah. So kia ora. Uh, thank you, Denny. Kia ora. Kia ora. Yeah, kia. Wow, what a powerful kia message. Ora. I think we've we got to go away and, whoo, that way to a tapu. Yeah. <laughs> the in the wee. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no. Kia ora. Thank kia you for, for, kia for kia sharing ora. with us. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll, 
You've been listening tonight to uh, Denny Hansen here on Tamangai, uh, the Mouthpiece podcast show. Uh, Denny, we'd like to get you back. Uh, I'd like to hear a bit more about Hawaii. There's uh, a great yes. heritage in there too. Absolutely. And uh, I'm in that waka at the moment, and uh, which is exciting. But we'd like to get you back on the program to share a bit. Uh, there's just amazing account of your uh, journey there uh, with the Hawaiians, which we're currently walking in. Well, if that wraps it up for tonight, uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, again, we mm. uh, will be back. Uh, actually, I think tomorrow we're down at the Entertainment Centre with the Māori Fashion Show, uh, and we're going to be having some more interviews down there. So that should be fun. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. hopefully they've got a feed. That'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can't get down. Kia ora. Hei kona. Oh, awesome, bro. That was massive, man. Woo, 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 woo.